song by itself honestly do you disagree i don't think i could sustain talking about it for that long because but I, I think we could do a whole episode on this song maybe it's pretty fucking awful first of all that's not rapping no i don't not. know what that is exactly it's a white guy trying to do dance hall rap like <laughs> like you know he's trying I mean? to like reggaetron yeah but he's from alabama yeah literally is he really <laughs> so, yeah, that you didn't know that? idiot. Yeah, he's from fucking Alabama. God. So you have a guy that literally was born and raised in Alabama trying to do like reggaetron with Travis Barker <laughs> playing drums and Tim Armstrong of Rancid playing guitar. And when you say that, like on paper, it literally just sounds like a disaster, which is what that song is. <laughs> right, it is. So it actually all makes sense together. Yeah. And we're going to get into it right now. Because I didn't realize I hadn't told Justin about this song until yesterday. Yeah, you didn't. But I called him because we were watching football, and I was actually playing him in fantasy. And as bad as Justin's team is in fantasy this year, <laughs> he destroyed me yesterday. <laughs> so there's that. Um, you're, what, 2 and 13 three, or 2 three and 12? And 3 and 12. And I'm 9 and, like, 4? Yeah. But you kicked my ass. Why did you say it like that? 9 and, like, 4? <laughs> but you kicked my ass. Yeah. So that, that's I fair. don't know how, because all I did... Like because every you had like two players like thirty points every, for no reason. Every player I have is just garbage players I picked up off the waiver wire because I, people were on bye weeks. <laughs> I know, I know, and you beat me, so that's fair. I'm, not, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do that next season. I'm just going to. I'm gonna get a team in the draft, and then the first the first draft every week. Yeah, the first week I'll drop everybody <laughs> after that game, and then get new ones. Greg, um, our friend last year. What's that? I'm sorry. That. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that song is Travis Barker. Featuring Tim Armstrong, Yellow Wolf, with the song. Is it called "You Can't Push Us Around"? Yeah, no, it's called Six Feet Underground." Six feet underground. Okay, because if you try, then you'll lie. Six six feet underground. Um, it's a song I discovered, I think, a good year ago. I don't know how I never told you about it, but we were on the phone yesterday, and somehow it came up. So I told Justin about it, and I was like, "Listen, as soon as we get off the phone, I need you to understand something right now." <laughs> what? The this that song isn't off Travis Barker's solo. Oh, I know. It's off it's Yellow off of Travis Barker's combined EP. Yeah, called Psycho White. <laughs> Which sounds like something that the Three Six Mafia would make as a joke. Or like it would be like Lil White's mixtape. Correct. Like when he was still around. Who's part of the Three Six Mafia? Yeah. Who was basically also a joke. Ugh. Because <laughs> Lil White was the rapper 
that for some whatever weird reason was white but would say nigga like 30 times per song never and no cared. one cared like no. no one ever thought it was weird white black people anybody no one thought it was weird he just that's what he did I, uh, so I guess props to him for whatever, for whatever however he exactly got away with saying something terrible I uh, but <laughs> anyway so Yellow Wolf is so, on Eminem's label yes and he's Maybe one of the worst. He, he's actually, he's almost as bad as Big Sean, but no one's as bad as Big Sean. So Yes, there is. Who? Because his name is Machine Gun Kelly. Um, I mean, yeah, but Machine Gun Kelly to me doesn't really count. Because he's not really trying to be like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just an idiot who happened to stumble upon <laughs> some fame. Like, Big Sean acts like he's a real rapper, and Yellow Wolf does too. But I like old Big Sean. No, no. I like it, but you know he does not know how to rap, right? No, correct. Like, he yes, may absolutely. actually be yes. handicapped, and I feel bad for him. <laughs> but then we get into the whole, well, because then you're saying Big Sean's the worst, but what about Mackinnon? Yeah, but he's not a rapper, though. He's or more Lil like B. R&B. What about Lil B? I would give him more... more. Uh, now, Lil B might have more street cred than Big Sean. No, I'll give him more credit just because he makes music. Like, he actually does something. Big Sean just, like, buys beats from people like producers <laughs> right. and then literally cannot rap over them and then over him goes finally famous in this bitch <laughs> then, um, that um, song the song that he has on the push a t album yeah like when he okay. guessed first that guess first is i'm gonna look it up right now because it's so bad <laughs> oh god um before we introduce even this episode and everything else i was gonna say we might as well finish this conversation <laughs> is um now, wait, oh, this song? Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to get specifically to Big Sean's part. Because <laughs> it is literally offensive to me when I listen to... Oh, wait, what? Well, this... this is, off, is this the song off My Name Is My Name? Mm, I think so. I'm going to have to look up all this shit just to get to this one <laughs> well, fucking you thing. I, you and I came to an interesting conclusion yesterday. Is that we realized that Birdman... Or baby, or whoever you want to call him, is somehow kind of responsible for like the worst and best rap. Yeah, and I that, mean he is. That's a distinction that you somehow. And I'm sorry, Jay, my friend listening, who's already going to be mad. Tweet at me or text me. That Birdman came out with Juvenile, Lil Wayne, Hot Boys back in the day, and is also doing Rich Gang, Young Thug, and Rich Homie Quan now. And he's also, and How no matter the same what anybody is doing, both of these, I'm not sure no, about. No matter what anybody says, he was part of big timers so he automatically and gets a pass on is, everything is he does. not even arguably is actually just factually because we just fact checks it with the smithsonian right one of the 10 greatest the rap greatest, groups of all time yeah. and if you don't think that i got that work is one of the best rap albums of all time oh then god you're absolutely completely still, wrong and it still holds up as the best part about it because in the intro of that song he says that he's going to dip his hose toes in platinum <laughs> so <laughs> if you right there aren't on board i'm not really with you okay this is the song Alright, hold on. I, got I don't know where Big Sean's part is. I always want to say I don't remember what beginning. Is. I, don't remember. I think it might be first, yeah. Woo! They said be all you can be. No, that's Woo! not. Knee deep in this dope money. Damn near where my Ultra put new strip clubs. Hold on. I guess Big Sean's last. Hold on, pause it for a second. Yeah. I want to put this in perspective. Yeah. 
the fact that you're skipping a two chains verse <laughs> to go to someone else's verse to prove That's how worse. bad it is. Yeah. Right there just shows exactly everything. Right. <laughs> Pretty girls, my reputation. One on my arm, that's decoration. Getting to it, no hesitation. To fuck with me, you need a reservation. To the top, escalating, elevating. Good music, legislation. He sounds like the. And I mean, it sounds like, like Asher Roth. No, no, listen. It sounds like Asher Roth. That's listen, what it okay, like. listen to what he go like. He, the first like part's not that terrible, but when he afterwards, when he doesn't realize what he's Once doing he anymore. Once he says "fuck with me," you need a reservation. Yeah. First, he sounds like Asher Roth. But this part though, right here, he sounds like all he did was pull out a thesaurus and start <laughs> lo looking up like uh, a dictionary, looking up words that rhyme with each other. Because this is what he says. Reservation to the top, escalating, elevating, good music, legislation, delegate. And I mean, I okay, like see, that right there is something that Das Racist would do when they were high as fuck recording right. a song for a mix. And it would actually sound good because they know how to rap. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> escalating, elevating, escalating legislation. Isn't a word. Legislation is a word he rhymes with. <laughs> like, <laughs> that and then he says, right after legislation, he says, delegation. These are words that he does not know what they mean. No, absolutely it is clear. Not. Uh, can I? But can I be serious uh, with you? Yeah. That the exclamation. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to like We're both trying to fuck with each other at the same time. It's not gonna work. All right, go ahead. That <laughs> party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. Oh. I danced my ass off and got this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed. <laughs> yeah. What happened sure to that guy? He's still around. I feel. Is like. he? Yeah, he has Maybe to be. He probably right? is. He probably is. I liked uh, Asher Roth when he got big and people criticized him for sounding like Eminem and he got mad when he tried to sound exactly like Eminem. <laughs> He's still around. He has long hair now. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No, he does. He has long hair now. What is he doing? Mm. Can we get him on the podcast? I'm sure it wouldn't be possible, that hard to right? do. Right? <laughs> um, so, welcome to Big Snackers, episode 52. I love college. Which um, is two weeks short of a year. It's been more than a year, but that's still a lot of episodes, and we're proud. And we're halfway to 400. Yeah. With 52, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that, is that correct? Ha halfway to 640. Fa halfway to 645, 50.5. Yeah. So um, Okay, so Asher Roth on June 5th, 2013. Roth announced he would be reuniting with DJ Drama and Don Cannon, which was so weird why they would work with him. Wait, release... hold on. What does Don Cannon do with Asher Roth? For people listening, probably are like, who the fuck is Don Cannon? But He's a person who has produced literally some of the greatest rap songs of all like time. Like Young Jeezy and like Big Lil Wayne. That's you just you know how guy. you can tell it's one of his songs? Just listen to DJ says, Don Cannon. No, if it just <laughs> oh. goes, Cannon. Yeah, Cannon. Right. No, he's not DJ Drama. At least he keeps his like, uh, his like yelling over people to a minimum. Um He's he's he was making a sequel to his critically critically acclaimed mixtape The Greenhouse Effect. You don't make sequels to records. No. In December twenty thirteen, Roth revealed his long awaited and often delayed second studio album is titled Retro Hash, which was released Ret on Retro April twenty second, two thousand fourteen. Hold on, hold on. Is Retro Hash a VHS movie from the nineteen eighties? I feel like <laughs> is that Retro Hash uh had he made another he made an EP called Rother with Knott's Raw and Travis Barker, of course. Okay, good. And that's full circle already. We're only 10 minutes in. Oh, my God. This is horrible. <laughs> Does he have a single from... Come on. I gotta know. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't want to hear it. Please I got to know. I just, what the on. fuck are you looking at? Who, me? Yes. Nothing. You're looking at me weird. I'm not. I'm going to auction you off on this podcast if you keep on looking at me weird. I'm trying 
How much do you feel like you're worth? I don't know why you left my television on. Wait, why did you leave the television on in the first place? Because it's, it's SpongeBob. What's it? SpongeBob isn't funny. That's if nobody's in the fucking room, it doesn't matter what's on. I don't want you to waste my electricity. Go turn my TV also, off. Also, how many people just got offended that I said how much are you worth? Because at least like eight girls were like, "That's so fucking horrible." <laughs> a lot. A lot. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh... I'm gonna sell her as soon as she goes upstairs. Listen, a hundred dollars you can have, Vanessa. Yeah, if anybody wants. I don't think she can cook or do it in anything. No. But she can play Xbox. She can make soup, apparently? Yes, maybe. <laughs> Correct. I mean, she told me that, but I don't really believe it. And has she ever made you soup? No, of course not. I would never let her. <laughs> would you even eat it? You no. know it was just straight from the can? No, you know what? I have this weird thing like where I don't really care for people cooking for me other than people at restaurants. Can like you I cook? generally Yeah. What what do you As you open what, what a box eat? of nerds. <laughs> well, that's great. At least speaking in the microphone if you're gonna Go speak. on, yeah. We tell us what you can cook. Well, I don't eat meat, so I cook vegetarian things. What does that have to do with anything? Speak no one into asks. the microphone. Don't eat what nerds. Oh my god! Just go sit down. I'm gonna. What, what are we talking about right now? He was asking what, what do you cook? cook. I didn't say anything about meat. I don't care. What oh, do you make? That's like asking somebody like, "What do you eat every day?" Okay, what's like, the be- what's the what's the best thing you can cook? Personally, what's your specialty? Like, what do you think the best thing? You Wait, make well, hold is? on. We had Friendsgiving the other day. Let's talk about that. We will, but okay. But everything that we got at Friendsgiving was mostly like pre-made stuff that we just warmed yeah. up. Yeah. What the fuck are you trying to say? All I'm saying is nothing was really cooked that day. Oh yeah, I cooked well, that. You want to tell the stuff? Yeah. yeah I mean, do you want to talk to the hard to... working soldiers like Justin and Josh and well, Lauren Justin and people great food. who actually made good food that day that they well, didn't do anything? Here's the other thing: is that it doesn't matter because all you did was drink PBRs. <laughs> Very true. I was also, like I said, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? And your answer was PBR. <laughs> and I said, Do you want maybe a better beer? And your response was like, No, PBR is fine. And it was. And then I brought it back, and you drank like nine of them <laughs> within yeah. three hours. I was. I think I was the only one drinking. And uh, no, you weren't the I only one drinking. Hold down the fort. That's not true. Drinking. I don't know who else was, but I know that Chris. you definitely. Oh yeah, Chris. Cause I can't even imagine. Like I had to drive her home after that. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to drive her and Chris at the same time. Oh dear <laughs> lord! There was a point when we were at the dining room table and Justin looked at me and I wasn't eating and he was like, "You have to eat something because I'm not taking you home eight beers deep with no food." Yeah, it was so mad. Okay, and there also came a point. Let me tell you about this: is that I don't want to waste food ever, but like, um, there was leftover food that wasn't going to get eaten. Yeah. So I wanted to throw it away, and Vanessa goes, no, no, you can't throw it away. It was like seriously like 12 pounds of food, and no, I just but, packaged no. it all up for people that wanted to take it home, and then nobody no, wanted no, no, to no. take it no home. No, 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 no one wanted to take it home. That's my point. Well, I thought that You maybe... packaged it up for people that you wanted to take it yeah, home. Yeah, then you tried to force I figured, it home. I figured that maybe people didn't want to go through the hassle of packaging it up. They just wanted to take it. So I, I went through and... Put it in okay, containers. It's my question take. to you. It's still on my mom's countertop. <laughs> okay. This is my question: Is it's what, December first? Well, you haven't thrown it away yet. What did you do with that left the leftovers you took in that little thing? Um, they're still in my fridge. Did you right, eat you're not gonna eat I any. Ate, I ate the mashed potatoes today when I told you that no. I had mashed potatoes. Let's talk about mashed potatoes because Justin loves mashed potatoes. No, I don't. Who I mean, I do, but I hate. <laughs> you don't like mashed potatoes? No, I love mashed potatoes, but I hate. Um, <laughs> The story. <laughs> One day, we had Friendsgiving. Uh, we just had it the other day. It's for like, you know, 15 to 20 to 30, however many that year. I don't know. All of our friends get together. 
at uh, my mom and dad's house, and we make a bunch of food and hang out. And uh, one year, for some reason, we made like six pounds of mashed potatoes. <laughs> it was more than that. It literally was. It was two of those giant Hungry Jack <laughs> Which means like, what, eight thing. to 12 people? No, it's just 32 servings in it. <laughs> so, so 64 like, yeah. servings of mashed well, potatoes. I, yeah, I mean, there's, I think, 64 cups of mashed potatoes. So it's like a lot of mashed potatoes. And me and our friend Josh, um, for some reason... Not for some reason, because I don't know why. Just because we put them in a huge, like, two-gallon Ziploc baggie and then sealed it, we thought, and left... You put it in two bags. Like, you put it in one, and then you sealed it in another one. Yeah. And then we wrote on a Sharpie with it. What did we write? I don't even know. Something to Justin. It was a note to Justin. And then we left it on his doorstep in the middle of the night. Because we're great, right? All of our friends uh-huh. are perfect, yeah, it's perfect really... human beings. Uh-huh. And um, just in the next morning, got no, it. it wasn't the next morning. It was when well, I got home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it spilled all over you, right? Yeah, I what picked happened? it up. I picked it up. I picked it up because I I didn't know what it was, and then it just busted open and like fell over my pants and in my shoes and like I don't see the issue. That's funny. Okay. I'm going to make like a shit ton of mashed potatoes and just put them all over your house. So you step in them all over the place. Just use the ones on his mom's counter. Man, no shit. I should. I was going to say. Yeah, so, but here's, okay, here's another thing though. Right, okay. About her. Is she's trying to get people to take those leftovers? This is how she does it. The yeah. most unappetizing Please. fucking Please, way yes. you could ever do yes. anything. She gra- grabs like the, uh, the tray at the macaroni and cheese in, which is like a foil tray. She just starts putting stuff in there. Right. Like she puts she mashed like potatoes with the macaroni and cheese. That no one asked. No Nobody one wants to go. Them. What? I like separated them. But no, no they weren't. No, you, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. You, you're first full of all, shit. first of all, you cannot separate macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes from each other because <laughs> they will just flow into each other. Secondly. No, I like my macaroni and cheese and my mashed potatoes. I don't see the problem. But you can't. No, the problem is, is that you can't assume that everyone else does. Yeah. I also don't wouldn't want them all cold and fucking in a little thing and then I go home and like. Oh, this is super gross. I'm never going to eat this and then throw well, it out. It's like, I know if I go with Justin, if I go with Justin, after knowing Justin for upwards of 15 years, and we go someplace burgers and fries, he's eating all the fries first and then the burger. Right. That's what that's I do. what he does. Yeah. I don't I eat do things that. in a specific order. Yes. Yeah, you make it into a cake and frost it with mayonnaise. I do. That's what I do. Yeah. He likes Justin knows that I'm going to get four burger patties yeah, with no make bun. Make a little burger cake. Make a burger cake with mayonnaise and ketchup and with a fork. Right. And I know if you go, you're not going to get a burger at all because you're a vegetarian. And what you just proved is why you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Mix all your food together and assume everybody else wants it. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like if I made you a big turkey sandwich and just assumed you wanted it. <laughs> what? I don't know why you're giving me a hard time about trying to save some of the food. Trying to save some of the food. You don't, don't like meat. You should be angry at it. You're a vegetarian. There was so much Tell ham. Tell that meat to get the fuck out of here. There was so much ham. Oh, there was a lot of ham. I don't know why I bothered making that second ham. I don't know why Josh bought that second ham. <laughs> we didn't need it, no. that's for sure. And we told him that at the grocery store. Or I did. But, I mean, uh, either way, Josh, I love you. Um, no no disrespect. Here. I know you're a cop now, so you probably... <laughs> Wait, what? It's Asher Roth's new, is the newest single that was on that <laughs> Was album. that your timing? Was that your t- yeah. comedic timing? Yeah, because I didn't feel like listening to you talk about that shit anymore. <laughs> about what? Imagine I don't know. This is called Tangerine Girl. Tangerine Girl. Is this a Cottonmouth King song? Oh my god, look at him. What is he doing? 
has. Hold on a second. Hold on. What is Wait, happening? <laughs> is he gonna rap? I, I don't know. I can't handle it. I can't That's... handle it anymore. So, did he hear the new Daft Punk album and then just say, let's I, go with that? That's what I'm guessing. Is that pretty much what happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically? that's pretty Is much that... what it sounds like to me. <laughs> My tangerine, Justin, do you want to Anyway... So <laughs> okay. what else is going oh, on? Oh, I have a few things I want to talk about, actually. I don't know if they contradict each other. No. But I just wanted to see what you thought. Okay. Yeah. Because um, Ferguson, you know, has been huge in the headlines right now. Yeah. And we, we've talked about it in very great detail, so we don't need to do that. But um, I don't want to say I've changed my opinion on Ferguson in general. Yeah. But after recent things, I've... <laughs> Can you move the microphone closer? Yes, you? sorry. <laughs> It's hard to, like, talk about this because it's such a hot thing. Not that it's hard to talk about. It's hard to make your thoughts make sense. Yeah. I don't think that rioting or looting is ever positive. No. It's bad for your neighborhood. It's bad for your community. Right. But I guess we've talked about that before. But I've just, after watching so many different things and interviews, do you think there comes a point? I tweeted about this last night. When you just, like, feel like maybe people in a society feel like a dog backed in a corner, who even though they're doing something that you might not agree with, they don't know what else to do. And there's no one offering any help. Right. Well, this is my idea on that, is that, yeah, like, protesting works only so far. Correct. Like, clearly, like, you know... Protesting works to get the news to cover it. Right. But what but changes? The problem is, is, like... You have a predominantly black neighborhood, eighty-three percent, where with ninety-six percent white officers. Where this, where this kid was shot, and everybody mm-hmm. keeps saying, "Don't call him a kid; he was 18. Bullshit! You call eighteen-year-olds no. kids. Eighteen-year-olds a fucking kid. Yeah. You don't need to be shot at eighteen. No. I don't care who the fuck you are, um, unless you're fucking Hitler at eighteen, right? Which doesn't exist. Oh, Hitler at eighteen is my favorite porn. Song. But I mean, like Hitler, like doing what he did at eighteen years yeah. old. Which my point being as a joke yeah, is that yeah. that doesn't exist. No, but. This is the thing. Is the people, like, I will say this. Well, however you feel about Ferguson, that's your opinion. If you're one of the people that say Michael Brown had pictures on his Facebook of him with a gun and he was a thug, uh, fuck yourself. Yeah. And also, not even necessarily a race thing. It is a race thing. And that's why, I, but I'm just saying, as much as like, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like looting stupid, riding stupid. Like, I just watch more and more. I'm just like, I think these people feel like they don't have a choice. Yeah, well, the problem... You have tanks in your streets. Yeah. The military in your streets. Right. You have the military, which people in the military have said online, the only time you raise your gun to somebody in the military, military training, is when you're ready to shoot them. Right. And you have police walking around with their guns drawn on everyone, with their yeah. hands up. And that's... Uh, like, I mean, <laughs> the the worst part is, is like... If you want to see how bad it is, like just look at everywhere else that protested along with Ferguson and how yes. everybody else was treated exactly the same. Absolutely. Like still put on the ground, still had people with knees in their necks, still had like people who, uh, you know, there's possibility of like certain people that are in a hospital because of it and everything like that. Because 
the truth is, is like those when you see a, a police force in a in a town pull out military vehicles and use military tactics on a populace instead of just talking to them and understanding them, then you have a major, major problem that they're not willing to admit or talk about, which is they don't see those people as people. They see they're them, not people anymore. No, they see them as insurgents in a battlefield that they don't completely understand. And this is what, what happens is that, yes, rioting and looting and stuff is horrible, but if you look at what has happened, why do you think people are doing that? Yeah, okay, there's going to be some people who are criminals and want to do that. Whatever. That's the case in everything. We're not on, we're not fucking reading a book on we're not reading freakonomics right now. Of course there's going to be well, yeah, a, exactly. a, and that's just a percentage. Of course there's criminals. But of course. There's also people who feel subjugated and backed into a corner for decades and they don't have a way out. Like you have a bunch of kids who are growing up with no parents because, or no no father because their dad was put in jail by a police system that, by, by and large, uses uh, uses drugs to um, enact modern day slavery. They like, would never do that. Justin. No, of course not. That's the reason why like people get twenty five years for like an ounce of weed, and there's like a white dude who has a gun and get in gets shot in the leg with the stand up with the police and gets like probation. Correct. And it's like, no. And yes, are there black cops killing white people? Of course there yeah. are. That's but, not, it, it, of course. But here's Absolutely. the thing, is, is I'm not, I don't even care about, the, like, the race issue isn't the thing. The the yes. thing that the problem is, is the militarization of police, not exactly. the race. Even though, if you want to talk about race, like, you see that shit that happened in Cleveland, that cop that shot that 12-year-old, for no fucking reason whatsoever. Well, he had a reason. He had a BB gun on him, Justin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's 12. <laughs> And, like, yeah. here's the thing. And the person that called might said, have even said, I don't know if it's a real gun. Said twice that he thought it was a fake but gun. But that's not an issue, Justin. No. It's not. It's also not an issue of the fact that the kid was out there for, like, 35 minutes and the cops just responded. And the way they responded was to drive down a footpath, a public footpath, into a park and then hop out and, and literally within two seconds murder a kid. And Well, actually, no. Shoot him and then not... Not administer first aid for 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, And not even get an ambulance there for four hours. So congratulations. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is yeah, people in Cleveland aren't rioting. Do you know why? Because they think their voices are being heard because people are upset about it. But here's another thing is that when that cop inevitably gets acquitted, you think Cleveland isn't going to be on fucking fire? Fuck yes. You're out of your mind. Those people in Cleveland especially have been like... They've had, like, the, the foot of that shit on their back for years. Absolutely. Like, why do you think it took so long? Ohio, I think people maybe outside of Ohio listening, which is most people, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, obviously, because I'm sure there's people all over. But Ohio is not – Ohio is, like, in the middle from the Civil War to the race riots to now. I mean, we are, like, the state. Yeah. Like, um, me and Justin drove John Feldman, the singer of Goldfinger and a huge music producer – downtown to do something one day yeah. <laughs> when Goldfinger played here. I still to this day don't know yeah, what I don't did. Know what it was but um, that's a true story. But I mean, there was huge race riots in Cincinnati where black people were literally downtown smashing windows and stores, setting things on fire because of the exact same thing. Yeah, a kid reached for his wallet and the cop shot him in an alleyway that while was he was running thing. away. So, And... um. 
it pretty much like that reminds me of a joke which like i mean not a not a joke like it's funny but you know what i mean it, it reminded me so much of cincinnati on hannibal burris's album because he's talking about the cop that shot the black kid and he's like well, he wasn't armed. He's like, no, but he had a uh, forty-eight little white teeth, all looked like guns. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where he said his teeth all looked like little guns. Right. And I'm just like, that was one of a few in Cincinnati. Like, well, there no, were a I few mean, things in a row. Like, the, I think two or three different murders yeah, happened there, there before were. people rioted. Yeah. Once again, did rioting solve anything? No. Well, no, not and not immediately, but it definitely made police here be a little more on edge about how 100% they treat people. Got but, very different. Then, I mean, but then it reverted back and it's been bad. And the thing is, is like, this isn't just like a black kid getting shot. Like, there was a guy in uh, Northside, which is a neighborhood here, who's a white guy. And he was like a pretty, I mean, people knew him in like the punk scene and stuff like that. His name was Bones. And he got shot by the cops for almost no fucking reason whatsoever one Pretty night. much zero reason. Yeah, because he was drunk and he was distraught and they pulled up and they didn't like it. So they fucking shot him. And I don't care what anybody says, you can't dispute it because if you look at all the all the evidence they released to the public, literally there was no reason. They even admitted there was no real reason for them to use deadly force. Well, they did. And he was a white guy and he was tattooed. So you better not have be white and have tattoos. Like That's you know, what I mean is I have friends um who obviously you know. I hate saying it's not a race thing because I don't want to take out the importance of race. Race it is, yeah, is it, very important. It is. I would say it's 70%. But I have many white friends, like you know, who have like guns tattooed on their faces, yeah. neck tattoos, face tattoos, and they are equally, I mean, targeted by cops for no reason. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, one of my friends who has two guns tattooed on his face, and here's the thing, you could think that's stupid. Maybe I think that's stupid. Would I tattoo my face? No. But it's one of my best friends, and it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect your personality. No. You can argue that it does, but as but someone that knows it him, it doesn't. And um, we were at the mall once, and security asked us all to leave. Right. And said, because they assumed we were in a gang. The, the, and this person was 100% white. It wasn't a race thing, but it was a, you have two guns tattooed on your face. You have to leave this mall. Yeah. We were all buying things. Right. Uh, we were all very quiet. We all ate at the food court. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, <laughs> you look like this and this is my preconceived notion of you now yes. leave because you're but scaring But the problem me. with that, and while I bring it back to a race issue, after I just said it's not a race issue, is I think that most people, especially people with money or power, look at all black people hmm. like my friend with the gun statue. No, absolutely. And that's do. where I'll go back to. I think that's true for the most part. Is that they look at all black people and say... Oh, we gotta watch out. You never. Well, know I mean, about you gotta think one. about the most pro- like the, the the people with the most amount of money are all descendants of slave owners. You Correct. know what I mean? Like, yes. not that all white people aren't kind of, but at the same time, like, like I didn't I didn't profit off the backs of of black people. I'm bullshit. poorer than a lot of people. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> what, what's bullshit? Bullshit. I don't understand. It's racist. <laughs> slave owner. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. That's just it. And it's like, it's like you look at somebody who's like super rich. Of course they do because nobody in their family line ever told them, hey, these are also people and you should treat them with respect yeah. because they don't fucking believe it. And they never did. Mm-hmm. They just say that person's poor. They're not on the same level as us. They never will be. Fuck them. They're mm-hmm. there for you to use. And that's it. Like, it's the same. I mean, I don't know. It's the same as like you see, like, like a kid gets pulled over whether it's black or whatever, it doesn't matter who it is and gets arrested and thrown in prison 
because they blew slightly over on the like on the uh, breathalyzer, yeah. right? And because they don't they can't afford the amount that it costs to have a DUI, then they get go to prison. You see a guy who has who's the son of a billionaire run his car through a fucking crowd of people while he's super blackout drunk. And he gets off because he says that he has affluenza, which is he has so much money he doesn't know better. <laughs> no. Like the fact that that ever was a defense that worked, and it only worked the one time, and I guarantee it'll never work again. But the fact that that worked at all, that shows you the disparity. Right. Like, uh, like, that, like a black kid will get shot in the street point blank for no fucking reason other than he has a butter knife and a guy can, a guy who's a, a butter white, knife that's more dangerous than most of them right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah i mean and a white a white guy who's republican can walk into the uh tennessee state capitol carrying his concealed carry that he doesn't have registered or into a chipotle well no i mean this is a guy who worked at the state capitol as a congressman's aide walked in with the concealed carry didn't have paperwork for it wasn't registered they took it away from him told him to go home and then he came back to work the next day now, why? You know what I mean? Like, police work at the fucking state capitol. He walked through the metal detector. He should have been treated like any other criminal and got 25 years minimum. Justin, that's offensive. He was white. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And, <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, thank you. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I guess I was just thinking about that a lot the last few days, and then that got me thinking to, I guess, the almost the opposite thought, which is why I like discussions like this. Yeah. It's because I feel like you can have different thoughts. Is I saw... What? I was just thinking, like, what if all of a sudden you said, you said, and my other thought was, are black people just bad? Like, <laughs> are black people all criminals? Like, is that, is that a thing? I'm not sure. It might be. It might be. I don't know. The news. I, like, that was yeah, your I two opposite I, thoughts. And I was just like, Ryan, I don't know. Like, that should be. No, I think people. My two thoughts I will leave with this both um, are completely different. A, a good friend of ours made a good point as he texted me yesterday, and he's a sheriff now. Yeah. And he's my best friend. And also served in the military. I don't really like cops. I don't like the military. Yeah. But this is one of my best friends, and he did both. And he made a good point as he was just like, it's funny how people want to point things out. He texted me. No one else. No one knows um, until right now. Yeah. No one knows who he is. It doesn't matter. He said, you know, in full sheriff's uniform yesterday... Um, there was a black homeless guy, and I was a white guy in a cop uniform, and I took him, and I gave him a turkey, said Happy Thanksgiving, helped him out with some food and some uh, drinks. So I did it just because I felt you know, bad for him, but I didn't put it on Facebook, so no one cares. I was like, that's an interesting point, because you're kind of right. In a way, no yeah, one but knows. no one's going to care because that doesn't sell newspaper. You know what I mean? Like exactly. That doesn't get people to tune in. Like that's- I saw there's a million pictures of... Of uh, of police in Ferguson like hugging protesters and helping them and stuff. I retweeted one today. You it don't, was funny because the reason you don't see it. that is because it isn't a black guy in front of a structure exactly. fire. Exactly. So, what would it matter? And if anything, know? I guess that shows what people want. Which, if anything, right? Dick takes. Well, who is it that wa- who is it that watches the news the most? Fucking white middle aged people. Yes. Who want to be scared of everything? Yes. Like why? Like. <laughs> Like, why is it that, like, that that election that we just had was such a fucking debacle and so stupid? Because white people are scared of everything if you tell them to be. Like, white middle-aged people and, like, older people will always come out to vote because they're scared that, like, they're going to die because, like, a black guy, like, looked at them or, like, moved into their neighborhood. Well, that's what makes it even funnier is how obvious the election was this time. Because people, for some reason now, Republicans have control. Right. I'm saying that in quotation marks because it's meaningless. Right. 
because look what happened. You had George George Bush was a fucking hillbilly fuck. Yeah. So you had Barack Obama, who was a black progressive guy. Yeah. So then what did the Republican Party do? Put a bunch of women and black people yeah. to run. Right. Wow, surprise. They who all won. didn't know anything. like More than Bush or Obama, exactly. So then all of a sudden Republicans took it back, and people were like, oh, fuck, our country's fucked. And well, like, he, like, I was reading an interview with Chris Rock today, and, like, it was, he was, like, he made a really good point, which was, Republicans are super good at turning themselves into victim, no matter what the thing, no matter what happens, and like like Democrats and stuff are too scared to be like that they have to be PC all the time, so they'll never call it out. Agreed. I just think that if you think that because of that election, our country is going to drastically change, this you're is not changing. Yourself yeah. very, this is what's going badly. to happen. Literally, they will do everything they can to repeal a healthcare law that, by and large, has been working for people has been like actually helping people if you read any of the studies not stu- not studies even done by people who have anything to do with it independent studies have shown that millions of people are covered now that weren't and are getting help that they need that they wouldn't have been able to before but they're spinning it as like oh no this is a horrible thing we're all going to be broke and blah 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 are we cuz it's been a year and nobody's fucking broke because Correct. of it so like, but they're going to do everything they can to repeal it. It won't get repealed because they're too stupid to actually do it. They'll waste all their time doing that, and then somehow they'll spin it to be that they weren't wasting time and they were actually working on stuff right. for the next two years. And it's just going to repeat the same thing as always does. And the reason we talk about this, I think, um, Big Snacker is obviously not a political podcast. We get into a lot of politics, but I think some of these things are so important. Yeah. They should just be talked about. Yeah. They're just obvious. I mean, like, and my other point was, from the opposite point was um, no I don't think you should riot but I think when you get pushed into a corner you don't know what else to do and when tanks are in your city streets yeah. and the military has AK-47s pointed at your face and you don't have you much might of a not have choice. much of an option to figure out what to do except for start firing back Yeah. that being said um, like and the thing is is like I know this is horrible to say but the fact that it was just some fires and some broken storefronts and not an all-out war in the streets, they should be happy. I'll tell you this right now on a podcast going out to millions of people on the Internet. If a cop kicked down my door and shot my dog or anyone in my house, I would shoot them in the head. Yeah. I mean... That's public. There you go. Right. Because, you know what? That's not how it works. Yeah. That's not law. It, it doesn't shouldn't. make sense. It shouldn't be an issue. No. Um, I wouldn't shoot somebody obvious for no reason. I mean, like, obviously, you know, I might have different opinions on gun laws. I just mean, like, some of the shit that you hear that happens, like, that people get away with is insane. And that's not just cops. Criminals, too, sure. I mean, you can take it either way. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah, it doesn't I'm matter. I'm not some government fucking cop hater. I just mean, like... Yeah, I won't even say cops. If anyone kicks down the door to my house and I have a chance to defend myself... And shoots my dog or at one of my friends or anyone at my house. I'm going to defend myself. Right. And half the time there's like... For some reason I feel like to some people that sounds like you're being like a hillbilly. And that's weird to me because it's like defending your life or like your... I mean your... You know what I mean? Like... The the reason that people get weird and squeamish about that is because everybody feels like there's going to be a moment to explain. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's going to be like, 
but like not. like they're like what's going to happen to them is going to be different because they can go wait wait why like I you know what's going on and that person's actually going to explain it to and one percent of the time maybe maybe but maybe. not really not but really. that's because everybody thinks they lead some fucking charmed life where like bad shit yes. isn't going to happen to absolutely. them absolutely uh, where that isn't the case but. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to shoot anybody because I don't own a gun, but no, and that's my point. Is the thing, like yeah. those, the the if you look up like those no knock raids and stuff like that, most of the time they have the fucking address wrong. They're shooting people for no reason. Yeah. Like they're busting in and like literally like murdering people's animals because they bark. Like you know what I mean? Like no it's knock just raids a, are insane. Yeah, it's just fucked. Like if anybody wants to know about, it, just look them up. Like there's a ton of yeah, statistics. You can Google. It we don't even like, need to tell yeah. you about that. You can just Google that and see how crazy people are. Yeah. It's insane. And like I said, it's not cops. It's not just military. Yes. If a criminal also breaks into my house, I will react the exact same way. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Like you love your dog. Imagine if someone burst into your house and shot your dog. Cause they thought you were selling pot. Yeah, exactly. How insane that is. And I don't smoke weed and neither do you. No. And that's what's funny about it is we can both say it, but it's still crazy. Like, Oh, I agree, yeah. Are we in 2014 like or like 1914? Because I'm, if you can break into someone's house because you think they're bro- growing pot, shoot their dog, zip tie their hands. Yeah. And also, let's get into the case of the, t- I mean, real quick, of the two FBI people who were ex-FBI that lived together. They were growing tomatoes in their basement. And the FBI thought they were growing pot. Oh, yeah, I remember So that. they broke into their house. This yeah. is fact. You can look it up. None of, none, nothing I'm saying is untrue. Two former FBI employees who were growing tomatoes in their basement by the sunlight. The FBI raided their trash three to four times, deducted they were growing pot, broke into their house, zip-tied their hands, pointed guns at their heads over pot, which wasn't <laughs> even wasn't real, yeah. which were tomatoes. Yeah. And I think we can end on that because that is the funniest <laughs> slash most sad possible fucking thing in the world. They're lucky they weren't black. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, how insane that is goes beyond anything. Like, we went through your trash. Yeah. The FBI warns us of all these things on TV about ISIS and fucking Ebola. Yeah. And if that's such a real threat... Why are you going through your former agent's trash? Because you're saying they're growing pot. Because it might be growing a little weed. And then actually going, pointing guns at them. Like, is ISIS not that much of a threat, obviously, maybe? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Those are extremist tomatoes. You don't understand. (laughs) That is a a group of tomatoes that is really just um, cutting people's heads off. Yeah. Three (laughs) three to four people's. No, I just sound like a dick. Should we call Gray here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe I crossed the line. So uh, you're... Don't oh. Look at me. oh, boy. Don't you fucking look at me. Don't you. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's up? What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, I'm Ryan here, and Justin's here. Hi. Yo. Uh, nice uh, nice to uh, kind of meet you guys over the phone, <laughs> technically, but still kind of meet you guys. We've never talked yet. It's funny, because I was telling Justin, it's uh, it's funny because you and I are label mates, technically, and I've never, I don't think, met you, but Justin actually played you on Big Snackers months ago as an artist yeah. of someone to listen to. 
Yeah, I think I, I think I remember, uh, I think I remember seeing a tweet about that or something. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, we haven't met as of yet. It's weird, and we actually, and we're not very far from each other either. And you live in Fort Wayne, right? So what, two, three hours yeah. from us? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like three hours tops. Home of the Planet X Records. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, kind of, kind of. Bloomington, technically, like Planet X is like three hours south of here. Okay. Is yeah, it? I thought Bloomington was, yeah. Oh, is that Bloomington? Yeah. Yeah, Fort Wayne yeah. was where we went to see uh, Real Big Fish that one time. We did see Real Big Fish there. Now my friend Jay from Bloomington is going to be mad twice because he likes Young Thug, and I misrepresented his hometown. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, Greg Gordon, what? Uh, how do you like to be addressed? Um, I, I think I think just, you know, my first name's good. Gray's good. I'm into that. Okay. Um. You put out some really good music. You actually put out a music video this week, a brand new one. Yeah, I did. And um, a video with an interview of someone that's clearly not you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, somebody in disguise. I'd, it's just a they big look, fan they of look mine. Like you. <laughs> What's that? They, they look like you. Uh, I can see that there is some similarities, but <laughs> I think the biggest difference, though, between us, I think he wears a kimono and sunglasses, and I don't wear anything like that. So. You don't. You don't ever wear sunglasses. No, I never wear sunglasses because no, I wear normal glasses, which I need to see. So I can't. It makes. I mean, it would make no sense for me to wear sunglasses. So it could, I, the guy in the video couldn't be me. Like it'd literally be impossible. <laughs> okay, that's a good answer. Um, I completely will admit my ignorance. Um, I like your music. I listen to it. Justin played me some. Justin likes it. He obviously put you on the podcast. I was under the impression you were pretty much just acoustic, and then I heard the new song, and it was a full band song. Is that a new thing, or am I really dumb? Uh, no, you're not. You're not really dumb, but it's also it's also not a new thing per se. Um, I like. I don't know. I don't really um, listen to a ton of singer-songwriters. There's a handful that I really like, uh, so I never really meant like? to be one. What singer-songwriters do you like? Um, I like Elliot Smith a lot. Uh, I like kind of like spinning a lot. I like Damien Girado. I like Jose Gonzalez. I mean, there's definitely some that I like, you know. Um, it's just like, by and large, it's not necessarily like a scene that I'm super attached to or connected to like the ones i do like i like a ton and then beyond that i like kind of dismiss the scene at large pretty readily but um but now i've been doing full band stuff for a long time um it's just this full this last record um that i put out in september is like all full band stuff and it's the first record that was like totally full band i listened to it yesterday and it's very good thanks man i appreciate that how old are you uh i'm 24 you're very um creative i mean talented for being 24 uh thanks man i appreciate that assessment <laughs> i mean I, I know there's not a good way to respond to that i just wait ryan that just sounded like you were saying hey you know for 24 you're not a total piece of shit <laughs> no no it's it's exactly the opposite is we've talked a lot about pop punk and not that you're pop punk i just mean like the modern scene that mixtapes on itself a part of and the, all the bands we toured with and you're doing something very different. I always felt like we were also doing something different. But we can never get validated for doing something different. And I feel like your songwriting is very much a cut above stuff like that. So I appreciate that. So it's actually it's the opposite of like a backhanded compliment. It's a very huge compliment, actually. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That uh, that seemed like the pop punk scene at large never resonated with me super hard. It never hit super close to home. So um, it's sometimes it's weird to be lumped in with that stuff, even though there is a lot of modern stuff that I do dig. Like it just was never like the music that I strove to make. Um, so I'm I'm glad. I'm always stoked to hear like when somebody somebody can tell that that's not necessarily the place that I'm coming from because I think like music press, like because I'm a 24 year old dude from the Midwest loves to just say like pop punk emo. And like, that's cool because they're buzzwords that are in heavy use right now, but it's not like the music I'm making, you know? So I appreciate that you notice that. Well, absolutely. And I think, I think labels, um, not the labels fault, but I think labels like because of, I guess the internet, Tumblr, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know. I don't really know the exact science behind this. I feel like it makes such a big difference is that No Sleep Records is not a pop punk label. Yeah. But No Sleep Records spawned the Wonder Years. Yeah, for sure. And now, when Mixtape signed to No Sleep, or when you're on No Sleep, every list compares all these bands. And it's funny because like minus the Wonder Years, No Sleep was like, Mixtapes, Into It Over It, A Lot of Dispute, Pianos Become the Teeth, Gray Gordon, you know what I mean? All these bands, none of this stuff is pop punk. None of it yeah. was. But it still was like this hot, hot spot for people to talk about pop punk. And I think, I mean, that's not Chris's fault or your fault or any band's fault, but it's just kind of an interesting thing to me. Like, I, I don't even know if I have a main point with that. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's just because... Um... I think it's because the press are, in general, like, this is a generalization for sure, but in the ge- in general, the press are, like, simple people that have to market simple ideas to even simpler people a lot of times. <laughs> and I know that's, like, a dick thing to say, but, like, no, no, um, no, it's a, a, lot, of, a lot of people, like, I mean, 13-year-old people want, like, a simple thing to be, like, I listen to pop punk, this is my identity, or I listen to emo. And, like, right now, like, those are the buzzwords, and those are the things that help to sell records and, and market people. So that's what the music press is going to utilize, like, and, you know, five years ago, it was something totally different. And now it's emo and that bubble's going to burst and it's going to be something else in, in another couple of years. You know, that's just how it works. It's Absolutely. cyclical. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's kind of like how back in like the nine, well, not the nineties, I mean, I guess early two thousands, like hopeless records wasn't an emo metal record label. They were synonymous with like Dillinger Four, Dillinger Four and Mustard Plug and, Plug the, and <laughs> the Nobodies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then now, Finch came along. Yep. And that that like as soon as Finch came along and blew up and like uh what was that uh, senses fail and like all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. came along like they just kind of were like oh yeah this new emo record label that's been around for 15 years like or right. new like you know whatever they called it emo core or whatever even though it's a And what's awesome about that is one of my best friends works for Hopeless. Right. And no one gives a shit about those old bands. No. So not now at all. they have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I can be like, will you send me like this like Falling Sickness and Dillinger 4 vinyl? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. I appreciate that. No one wants to buy it, so it doesn't matter. But I mean, yeah, yeah now Hopeless, it is weird. It's it's not negative. Like, I, we're not being negative. It's But Hopeless went from putting out the Queers to Mustard Plug to putting out All Time Low, Avenged Sevenfold. Um I mean, what the truth is now Bayside, the one years they the, used yeah. ev- everyone. I was going to say that the truth is that all they did was just, they were smart enough to follow where they knew it was all going and then just signed all those bands. And then, yeah. you know, you found glory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take your pick. Um, for sure. So 
I guess as someone who isn't, I write a lot of singer-songwriter stuff too, and most of mixtape songs in my new project basically start with me and acoustic guitar sitting there by myself, much like I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. What are your main influences? Because here's the thing, and Justin and I talked about this earlier, and even on the phone before we were even actually recording this, is I think what I like about you and already makes me know I'd be friends with you is that you listen to really good music. You seem like a funny-ass dude. And I think you also completely non-ironically covered Earth Crisis acoustically. And I mean that as a complete compliment because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so what are you into? Uh, I'm, dude, I'm into everything. Like, I mean, I know, like... Um... There's, like, the, like, 15-year-old girl from the MySpace days that would say, like, I love literally every type of music except for rap and country. Like, I remember that being, like, a joke <laughs> among our friends. Well, I think that still happens, but, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, like, I mean, I would genuinely love, like, every single thing that you can conceive of. Like, I like a lot more music than I dislike. Um, so, you know, that being said, my musical influences are super eclectic. Like, I grew up listening to, like, punk and hardcore because my dad um, was, like, a hardcore kid in the 80s, and he actually ran a local venue in awesome. called The Seventh Level. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I grew up listening to, like, Uniform Choice and <laughs> shit like that. Um, and then, you know, I, did the, I uh, discovered, like, some Smith's records in his collection, and, uh, and I just sort of, like, branched out from there and got into indie rock and Dinosaur Jr. and the Pixies and stuff like that. So um, with this particular project, I feel like that's, like, the place I'm coming from the most is, like, late 80s, early 90s, like, indie rock and alt rock, like the Pixies and B Jr. and, like, um, Super Chunk, you know, like, that whole Chapel Hill, like, Merge Records scene. Like, I love that stuff, man. It's been my bread and butter since I was, like, 14, 15 years old. So, like, that's really the stuff that I'm kind of trying to emulate because I don't think that there are a lot of people that are necessarily, like, paying homage to that. So I try to do so, you know, at least, like, nod my head to that stuff. Well, you and me and Justin would get along good. Yeah, those uh, are all, like, my favorite bands. Super Chunk is one of the best bands of all time. Oh, yeah, dude, easily. Um. It's interesting, I guess, just because we don't. We talk to a lot of people that I've met throughout the years touring, but we don't talk to many people who talk about <clears> Super <throat> Chunk, or like the Archers of Loaf, or you know what I mean, like the Weaker Than, any of those bands. It's just, it's kind of rare. Like nowadays, bands are younger, which is cool, but the influence seems to not reach as far. Because I've definitely right. really toured with bands that are about four to five years older than you. That if I said Super Chunk or Archers of Loaf, would have no idea what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. And they're bands that are very popular. And there's there's yeah. exceptions. Um, I mean, like, Soupy, we've had him on here. Me and Soupy from the Wonder Years have almost the exact same taste. His favorite bands are Super Chunk, The Weaker Thans, you know, Archers of Loaf, mm-hmm. all those bands, and he loves it. But I think um, it's just weird as I think... We've talked about it on Big Snackers before. I think maybe generations before us probably said the same shit where I'm like, dude, like less than Jake's awesome. Like, fuck that black flag's awesome. Like less than Jake sucks. And like so on and so forth. But I don't really know because in like, I mean, I'm still seven years older than you, but I mean, super chunk is one of the best bands ever. So it's nice to see somebody carrying, I guess the torch. (laughs) I don't know. For sure, man. I think it's, um, I mean, I, I think it's probably been a complaint of every generation. Like, and I mean, I do my best not to be like an old geezer because even though I am like only 24, like 
Um, because because my dad kind of like raised me listening to punk and hardcore and stuff. Like, I mean, I started going to shows when I was probably 12 years old. So, I mean, like, even though I'm a young dude, like I've been attending shows and playing shows for like over a decade now. So sometimes I feel like a little bit older than I actually am. Right. Um, and I think again, like having a dad that was into that stuff gave me like the benefit of being able to reach into the past a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think like, yeah, like the younger generation, like having access to the internet, I mean, it, it changes the dynamic of like how you absorb information. Um, so I think that ease of accessibility, like, even though you would think that it would encourage people to maybe discover things that are, um, like, a little bit more dated. Like, right. instead, I think it has the opposite effect. If there's this oversaturation of things that are happening currently, and it's always in, like, your timeline or whatever, and it's, you're constantly exposed to it, and there's actually, like, this, this huge, like, swell of information that's always just, like, rushing over your head as a young person. So I think that they don't even have any time to, like, delve because there's too much information in any given moment to deal with to ever even think about something that was happening 25 years ago for most people you know yeah i I think that that's part of like i've talked about this before like i like to call that the nostalgia loop which is Mm -hmm. people are like people who grew up like and then they're like in their 20s or whatever for some reason they'll because everything is documented for them and because, like, they're part of, like, that internet culture and everything, like, they look at things as, like, f- from five years ago as being forever ago. And it doesn't make it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. and they want to, like, relive that weird glory day that they really haven't even had yet. <laughs> so, like, that's the reason why you see, like, bands, like, where they'll break up, or, like, a band that was together in, like, 2005. They'll break up, they'll get back together, like, now, and then for some reason they're huge. And you're I like, think, well, I think how? 2005 might be generous. Yeah, and I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. This isn't to call out any certain bands. Like, they're really nice guys, but that band Basement from the UK yeah. broke up three or four years ago, Yeah, got back together yeah. a year or two ago, and all of a sudden all their shows were sold out, and people were, like, freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And it's not their fault. I'm not insulting them because everyone always on this podcast thinks I'm insulting right, everyone yeah, for whatever true. reason. But no, it's just that it's weird. Like you were broken up for a year or two, like back in the day. Well, that's because it would be like a 20 year reunion was like, holy fuck. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got to go see this. Right. That's because all those yeah. kids, like they look at that as being forever ago, like two years ago. Like they haven't seen that band in two to years. The tumble, to the Tumblr kids. Two yeah. years ago is 20 years ago. Yeah. Because they go like, oh my God, like I, I was 16 then. Like I had just right. gotten my uh, driver's license. Now you know? I'm out and, of high school. Yeah. And right. it's like, it's just so weird to see because it's like, and it's so like symptomatic of that. You're right. Like they don't look back further than that because they don't feel a need to. It's kind of like when like you see like uh on Instagram, like somebody who's like famous or whatever, do like one of those like throwback Thursdays or whatever to when they were a kid in like the seventies and everybody's like, yeah. you know, all those kids are like, Oh, you're fucking ancient. Right. And they're like doing like throwback Thursdays and they're like, this is what I had for lunch last week. And it's right. like, remember that lunch? It was so great. I wish I could well, have that lunch. I, again. I think to put it in good perspective, um, today is December 1st. Mixtapes played our last show, November 1st. I wish one, I could go back to that. I just, you know, <laughs> one month ago. Yeah. Do I think that mixtapes might play again in the future? Probably. We all like each other. We'd like to play again. Um, it just was time for us to be done. But it's been 30 days. Yeah. 
And I've already had people ask me, like, do you guys have any plans? <laughs> I'm just like, no. And they're like, well, do you still talk to each other? And I'm like, yeah. But, I mean, no, we don't. it's been 30 yeah, it's been days. Like, yeah, it's been a month. Down. Like, yeah. I'm sure we'll play again. But I think, Gray, you nailed it. Like, yeah, like, the internet generation has made things move so fast. The people have no comprehension. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. But who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, man. It's like um, it, it's also strange too because there's like, at least for me, like I don't know if it's if this is the case of like other people that are my age, but at least in my experience, I feel like a generation gap with people who are only like five years younger than me. And for a while, I, I couldn't figure out why that was the case, like why I, they seem to experience the world so differently than I do. Um, but I figured out it was because like basically in their formative years, like the years where they are like first starting to individuate and like socialize like in earnest, um, they are like utilizing the internet and social networking as like this crucial integral component of like what they're doing. Whereas for me, like I, at that age, like, like say 15, 16, 17, like certainly had access to the internet, but like, it wasn't integral. Like I still had to go in public to like be seen, to interact, to see music, to consume music, to purchase music, all of these things. Like basically my involvement in a community or my claiming of an identity was like, um, it was crucial for me to like go and interact with other people in the real world. Whereas now, like, because like in these kids formative years when like they're just trying to figure out who they are, like, there isn't the necessity to like go and gather in a public place. I feel like there's like less, less show attendance. Um, and in general, just people like really experiencing the world in a totally different way in a way more like insular way. Um, because you can just like stay inside of your phone constantly. And that's not necessarily complaint because I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't right. think it's like really my place to say, cause I'm not like a social theorist, you know, but, um, it's definitely different, you know? Do you think – I agree. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing either. I think everything changes so fast. Do you th- – this question might be impossible to answer for you or me or just or anybody, but do you feel like now because music doesn't sell like it did and things move so fast, like when you get a test press or your vinyl from No Sleep and see the songs that you wrote like you know on a record or on a CD, it makes you like crazy appreciative? Oh, yeah, definitely, dude. Big time. Like I, I think, like, it, I, I mean, like, I, I would be anyway, but yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like in the '90s though, it was just probably such a normal thing that like mm. bands that we can name right now that four people listening to this knew who they are, probably got like million dollar record deals. You know what I mean? And like got yeah. these vinyl and like records and CDs in the mail. Where now it was like I remember even two years ago when mixtapes, like when No Sleep or Animal Style would send me like all four colors of our record, it literally was the coolest thing to me in the entire world. Like, it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. No, I I wouldn't like that because by that point, uh, all those songs are old and I'm past them now. (laughs) Okay, right, 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 right. But I would would post a picture of it on Instagram and go, Throwback Thursday when I wrote all these songs, but they're old now and you guys don't like them. And they come out in two weeks. It's not even out yet. Yeah, and then then like two years from now, I'll go back and I'll be like, I'll be like, I'm going to re-release this album. I hope you guys like it. Uh, I know it's super old, but... And I think, okay, you just summed up basically in a sarcastic way the exact reality of today. And that's what's sad. Is that, like, literally there are people who, like... I think Data Remember has, like, re-released an album three times. 
Probably <laughs> <laughs> that came out a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's the deluxe edition, um, yeah, right, yeah, like, of their classic album. Like you know, <laughs> it's like classic, classic album. It's only been out for a year and a half. <laughs> we are dicks. <laughs> Gray Gordon is yeah. not a dick. Don't worry, listeners. This is just wait. Me let's see if we can make him into one. You said that you no, you like more <laughs> things than you hate. What's a thing that you hate? What do you hate? Um, we always ask this. We always. I don't know if you ever listen to Big Snackers, but every time we have a guest on. We ask them a question that we know they absolutely won't want to answer. And you actually just got to ask the easiest one ever. Yeah. Because usually it's way worse. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the thing is, man, like, you know, you, I think you spoke too soon in saying, like, I wasn't a dick. Because, um, <laughs> oh, like, wait, wait like, we, we might become better friends right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I already liked you a lot, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Like, open I, mic. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm, like, a really amicable guy. Like, I'm easy to get along with. I'm agreeable. Um, but, like, generally, like, I don't really fuck with people too hard. <laughs> like, as a concept, you know? Like, I like that. I like persons. Okay. I like persons a lot. But, like, people, like, I don't really fuck with too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I can't tell you how much guilt I experience on a daily basis about just being alive. So it kind of does make me a little bit grumpy. And, like, when I say I like more things than I dislike, I just mean, like, I love so much shit because I think like the act of creation, like, and the act of like putting something into the world, like that's even like halfway competent is so dope because like it helps me for a minute, like forget about like all the nonsense that's associated with being a human being. So like if somebody like makes a good record, like even if it's something that like falls out like outside of the category of something that I would necessarily be like super into, I'm just stoked that somebody like took the time to do something cool. You know what I mean? Just because so many people are doing like nothing all the time and all they do is nothing and all they're ever gonna fucking do is nothing so it's so fucking cool even when like a even when like the pop industry machine turns out like a sick record that i can just dance to i'm like fuck dude bless like i'm stoked that you guys did that just to take my mind (laughs) off of the nonsense oh dude as i've gotten older i can 100 percent say and I i think justin and you would both agree the older you get the more you're like pop and radio music isn't way worse than underground stuff like, yeah. you realize there's jokes everywhere. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, everything's a joke. That's the yeah, thing. Right. <laughs> just, uh, That's I, fair. I just, I, uh, <laughs> I just had this conversation, like, yesterday, because I play in a black metal band, too, actually. And, uh, and... Wait, you, all, you, like, you play of, in a black metal band? What's that? You play in a black metal band? I do, yeah. I do vocals in a black metal what's band. It, what's it called? It's called Antlers as Roots. We don't really have an internet presence, you know, like which obviously shouldn't surprise you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but we have uh, we have a tape out, and then we're, we're going to do like a vinyl release sometime next year on this little label called Fra- Fragile Branch. Um, it's going to be like a split twelve inch. But, uh, but yeah, I, we play. We, it's kind of not like atmospheric per se, um, but you know, I don't know, kind of like Alcest or like some of like the modern like French black metal stuff, like. Amasurs or Testa Noir or something, something along those lines. Um, but, like, we were having a conversation about, like, how everything is a joke, but you have to be aware of that because we were talking about black metal initially and, like, how some people in black metal are so serious that it's, like, meta and, like, the joke comes full circle. Um, but about how, like, metal is hilarious, and then we just kind of started talking about how everything is hilarious. And, like, I always say this, like, because I make a joke out of things that are, like, wildly inappropriate to joke about, but, like, basically, like, my my recourse for that, if, if questioned, is always, like, if you're not laughing, you're crying. 
And I sincerely believe that, dude, because, like, life in existence in this world is such, like, a heavy thing to process, and it's so weighty and it's so bleak that if you don't, like, laugh about the absurdity of your situation, if you don't laugh about the shit that you're into, like, I'm into fucking, like, youth crew hardcore. It's the goofiest thing in the world, but I love it. You have to be aware of the fact that everything is a caricature of itself. Like, everything is self-parodying, you know? It makes everything easier to enjoy, I think. I completely, 100% agree. And what's funny is um, I'm not into hardcore, but I've toured with bands such as Rhinoceros and X-Tyrant X and played shows oh, hell yeah, Agnostic Front. And uh, they were some of the most fun shows I've ever played. So I think that makes sense. I agree. And I'm not into hardcore. I grew up in hardcore, which will end today's episode eventually with the ending song that I told Justin we have oh, today. Yeah, yeah with a band that I actually toured with called Ramallah. Oh, hell yes. That's my shit. <laughs> okay. And um, for mixtapes fans that seem confused that I don't talk about pop punk or want to talk about it, Ramallah is a band whose guitar player is one of my best friends. He's done all of our merch. And um, they came from Blood for Blood, who is one of my favorite bands. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think, Gray, you probably understand. That's what I mean is I grew up just in the hardcore scene. Like, it wasn't my thing necessarily. But, I mean, Ramallah, Kill a Celebrity is one of the best songs of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. There's easily, no doubt about easily. it. And um, I say that very non-ironically. And um, we'll probably have Mike on here at some point. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think um, – <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I can't talk about that song right well, now. Well, but the thing is, is, like, even if you like Ramallah, like, you do understand how ridiculous they are. You know what I mean? Like – it's, I ama- think Justin it's amazing. I, Justin and I can understand how amazing it is, is because my old band did a little tour with Ramala, and Justin and I were outside, and the singer Ramala <laughs> oh was on the God. phone, and he was literally saying, "When I get back to Boston, I'm telling you right now, right now, I'm gonna meet that motherfucker, and I'm gonna what?" what he, he said, "He said <laughs> if he doesn't have it, I'm gonna beat the shit out of him." <laughs> yeah, right. Then he said, <laughs> "He said I'm gonna hide under his car." And I'm gonna and I'm gonna cut his ankle until he fa- so he falls down and I'm gonna beat the shit out of him and like that's the person like, everyone's like you're like you'll kill him and he's like well if it happens it happens like it was just like Jesus man we talk about this because we are cutting edge but um, no that is a very true story and I love Ramallah and um, some good friends of mine I've spent some time on the road with them and I but uh. What I was going to ask you out of curiosity is because you play very sincere, acoustic, heartfelt music. And you covered Earth Crisis. Did Earth Crisis ever acknowledge it or talk to you about it? They did, yeah. They actually did. Did they really? <laughs> um, okay. Tell me that yeah. story. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like pretty brief interaction, but like... I mean, I understood before I did it, like, how hilarious it was, like, you know, that full circle in that conversation, like, I love Earth Crisis, not ironically, but I also understand how hilarious it is to say, well, like, gonna, gonna you know, say, we're going to go round up everybody doing drugs well, and kill them. Right, well, to people <laughs> listening, I was going to say, some people might not know, um, Earth Crisis was, like, the original straight-edge vegan hardcore band. Like, they were straight up just a hardcore band, very vegan-friendly lyrics, very straight-edge lyrics. And very non-compromising. Very much the opposite musically of what Grey Gordon does. Yeah. 
maybe not topically, but I mean, it was very, they were a very brutal, uncompromising band. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I understood it was like hilarious that I was doing like kind of like a pop Rocky cover of that song. And, um, I guess it, it got posted by like Jaded Punk, like band posted it and, uh, like a few websites posted it just because I think they understood how hilarious it was and, right. and some like ingenuinely liked it too, you know? Um, and, uh, and earth crisis heard it. I don't know how, I mean, it got to them through some channel and they tweeted at me and they like retweeted the song and was like, yo, we backed this. Like, this is tight, you know, like, That's awesome. um, yeah. And, and interestingly enough to my friend, Ben Barnett, um, who does like a super dope project called kind of like spitting, um, he he recorded my record, and a couple weeks before I was about to go out to Olympia to record my album with him um, at the beginning of this year, he like sent me this picture, and it was him standing with all the dudes from Earth Crisis, <laughs> and he was like, "Dude, the guys from Earth Crisis just randomly came into my studio to like practice before some gigs that they have," and I was like yo, I'm recording my dude Greg Gordon out here in, like, two weeks. And they were like, oh, that's the dude who recorded that sick Firestorm cover. Like, tell him what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Awesome. It was like, yeah, it was rad. It was like 14-year-old me was, like, so psyched. I was just like, dude, my life is so cool now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I've realized? Is 14-year-old you to 24-year-old you to 34-year-old you, which I think Justin will agree, they don't change. No, I mean you change somewhat, but not no, you enough. Change. That, like, like yeah. when you say fourteen-year-old me, it's funny because like I get it, but we just played fest for mixtapes last show, and less than Jake played, who Jr. was on here last week, and they played losing streak front to back, and I'm a thirty-one-year-old man, and yeah. like when the soundbite came on, like I lost my shit, and then I sang along to every <laughs> single song for sixteen songs at thirty-one years old because fifteen-year-old me was psyched, but so was thirty-one. Is that weird? Yeah, I mean, make, <laughs> I mean, make no mistake, like, I mean, if I heard, like, the opening riffs of Firestorm live, like, heads would roll, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean. <sighs> Do you want to hear two funny stories before we end this? Yeah, absolutely. My old band, um, we were called Black Tie Bombers, and Justin does a podcast with one of the guys from it. Yeah. And we recorded our first two records with Royce Nunley, who played bass in the Suicide Machines. Mm-hmm. And he, A, was not straight edge, but unabashedly loved Firestorm and would always tell us we should cover it, even though we just played, like, Lagwagon meets, like, no effects punk rock. So we never understood it. <laughs> because he would just be like, you guys need to cover Firestorm. Like, you guys got to cover it. And we were just like, we don't want to cover it. We don't like it. We don't get it. Like, what? And then also, um, I'd been straight edge for 23 years at that point, 24 years. And Royce was like, listen, man. If you drink this forty, I'll knock a thousand dollars off your recording cost. <laughs> and I was just like, no. And he was like, come on. Like it, he wasn't being a dick. Like Royce is the best. I'm not. I'm not painting him in a negative way. It was just funny. Like he was just the funniest dude. And he was a bass player, one of my favorite bands of all time, still to this day. But I just thought it was a funny story because it reminded me of Firestorm. <laughs> so I thought I'd tell it. And he literally was like, if you drink this Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. <laughs> at 20 like two years old he was like i'll knock a thousand dollars off your recording and i was just like no <laughs> that's the shit that's what i mean it's a good answer are you uh, did you are you still traders or did have you since uh, god did you get over it after that um 
I'm not straight edge now, not because I don't respect it and the culture. I just, um, after my dad died, I had some serious problems and, um, way beyond being straight edge or drinking or not drinking. And then at now I don't want to disrespect it to the point where like calling myself something that I just know that, you know what I mean? I'm not. So no, now I'm not. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, because it's like, if you're not now, then like, you should have just done it because then you would have just gotten a thousand bucks off the, off the recording for us. You, know? you motherfucker. Now you make sense. Like you sounded like you were about to say something real serious and then you did, but it made sense. Yeah. I should have drank the mad dog eight years ago, but you know what? At the time I didn't want to. Okay. My dad was still alive. You asshole. <laughs> so, um, no, but, I, I'm sorry. No, sorry it's, to bring it there. No, it's totally fine. At the time, the fact that Royce even did that proves how he's either the greatest or the worst person of all time. <laughs> it's dope. I back it, man. I, 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 I personally back it 100%. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. I agree. He's great. I do love him. I still talk to him. Um, he actually told me, let's, let's start some gossip here that's um, real, even though people like to think that I just like to talk, talk shit, is Royce works at the Magic Stick in Detroit. Yeah. And... Um, He's studying now to be a lawyer, but apparently when Asking Alexandria was playing there, he found the singer of Asking Alexandria having sex with, like, a 16-year-old girl in the hallway after the show and shoved him down the stairs and was like, get the fuck out of here. That's the, I mean, that's the shit. It's obviously not And I don't care who gets mad because, A, that, fuck but... Asking Alexandria. Yeah. We've played with him before. Yeah. That man can suck my dick. <laughs> yeah. See, well, that, that comes full circle to asking you when you're like, what do you hate? Like, I never really answered the question, but, like, I hate that type of shit. Like, right. that level of shit that's, like, so co-opting, like, the aesthetic of, like, underground music and presenting it as this thing that just basically says, like, yo, women, you suck. Uh, yes. Yo, men, you can do whatever you want. Yes. Yo, our music sucks, human asshole. Let's party. <laughs> like, that's yes. the kind of people, like, straight up, like, that's the, those kind of people are like the reason that there are laws in this world, because otherwise I would just like round them all up and put them in a fire, firing line and just kill them. <laughs> like there has to be well, laws to prevent people like me from killing people like that. That's exactly right. And that's just it is people act like, I'm not trying to be controversial. Like when the newfound glory thing happened, I explained it. I was very civil about it. I didn't talk any shit. Ask Alexandria can fuck the fuck off. Yeah. Fuck that band. Yeah. If they have a problem with it, they can call into the podcast. <laughs> like, we played with them. The yeah. singer literally was drunk. It was in Texas. It was a fan base of 15-year-old girls. And he kept on talking about how big his dick was. Ugh. This isn't rumored. I was there. We played the fucking festival. Yeah. That makes me, so, like, really hate that guy. Do you know no, why? No. Because that guy's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. He's a huge piece of shit. So if people want to get mad about... No one listening to this is mad about that, because I don't think we have any listeners listening to Asking Alexandria. Oh, there's going to be one but, guy who like, writes one in. one person like, well, I met him. He was really nice. Yeah. He invited me backstage and got me drunk, bro. Yeah. But, like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not controversial. Like, this is true shit. And since I got to tour for five years, I feel like it should be talked about to a degree, because, like, a lot of bands are like this. Yeah, there's a good and, amount, but... Yeah, and, um, yeah, bands like that can fuck off. <laughs> like, that's yeah, all oh, for sure, it. man. Like, Ask Alexandria. Uh, yeah. um, I'll, I'll sum it up like this. The first time mixtapes made a music video, 
there was a scene where I was going to talk in it, and I was going to make um, there was a piano, so I was going to make fun of Under Oath. I have yeah. no problem with Under Oath. Yeah. No one Under Oath has ever done anything bad I know about of. It yeah. was just a joke. It didn't matter. I don't know them as people. All right. They're obviously, I'm sure, better people than Escalante Andrea. <laughs> um, and the person directing the video was like, listen, you shouldn't make that joke. You don't want to burn bridges with Under Oath. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I thought that was funny has nothing to do with Under Oath. Has to do with the fact that I was like, this is mixtapes like eight months into our career ever. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't think that bridge matters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Under, Under Oath isn't taking this on tour. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to really Under Oath doesn't this. care that I made fun of the fact that they play a piano. And they're probably pretty cool people. Yeah. But I was just like, more or less, just like that. I, I guess it shows more like. Why don't I want to say oh, this it's joke? Because like, that people, makes no sense. It's because people can't get over the fact that they feel like they have to be sensitive to everybody. Like, I right. feel like if you made yeah. that joke, like, if they didn't laugh at it, then fuck them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's just it. Is I feel like S and Alexandria fuck them because they don't have a sense of humor. And I've, I know they do bad shit. And bands like Under Oath, everyone I talk to is just like, oh, they're really cool. My friend Jeff lives in Tampa, teaches hockey to college students, and plays college with the bass player of Under Oath. Yeah. Like, all cool dudes. And so that's my whole point, is that joke had nothing to do with Under Oath. No. Had to do with the fact that this person was just like, you shouldn't say that. Like, they might be offended. And I yeah. was just like, oh, well. so what, Under Oath is going to take mixtapes on tour? Because <laughs> that ain't going to happen <laughs> fucking anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Dude, that's, I mean, that's, like, pretty standard industry shit. And I, I, I don't roll with any of that shit at all. Because, like, I'm the opposite of, like, uh, of marketable or like PR friendly. Like I always feel bad for Chris that he signed me like constantly <laughs> because I just think like I must be a PR nightmare, dude. Like what, Chris Hansen? I remember. Yeah. Chris, Chris, and no sleep. Like, you know, you're talking to you right now, right now is me, I must right? be a nightmare. If, dude. if you want to PR nightmare, you're, oh, you're talking to a PR nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah, that's now. right. That's right. I, I even tweeted at you after that was like, dude, that wasn't cool. <laughs> Dude, I was the dude that <laughs> fucking people in Absolute Punk and Punk News said I should kill myself. I oh, should yeah, get yeah. shot. I should get stabbed. Yeah. I'm a fat piece <laughs> of shit. I'm a rape advocate. <laughs> and I don't remember what else. But then, after, Yeah, it got way overboard. <laughs> after I explained the story on this podcast, I literally got... 50 to 60 emails of people like apologizing being like you know once you explain that story it wasn't really what oh, that's, i thought it was what's what's funny about it is i was getting death threats yeah. because of something you said <laughs> right. that i literally have nothing to do with that i was like hundreds of miles away from where you were at that point i was in los angeles yeah and i was in cincinnati and, then and like, i said something to make fun yeah. of mora yeah. One of my best friends who's been in my band for five years. Together. And then some guy was like, oh, you know what? Well, Justin's getting an email about this. This piece of shit. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> He's friends with that guy. The joke didn't even have anything to do with Tiger's jaw. It was just me making fun of Mora. Yeah. And then I actually yeah. talked to Tiger's jaw and said, why don't you come on the podcast or let's talk about this and like try to explain it because I, I feel bad. And yeah. I did. Like, very honestly. And I don't very often feel bad. Right. And I didn't get a response from them. But I got a response from the world is a beautiful place. I don't want to die that said, fuck you. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I guess there's that. So, I don't know why they responded. But they did. Yeah. Because there's 70 yeah. people in that band. And, <laughs> right. like, there's a chance that one of them knows, like, somebody or... 
And my yeah. response was literally very, very civil. Just like, I feel really bad about this whole thing. I'm really sorry. Why don't we talk about it? Let's clear it up. It wasn't anything mean. It wasn't angry. Um, it was nothing. And then a bunch of people online were literally like, well, don't go watch mixtapes at Fest for their last show because for a female, you might feel unsafe in the crowd. <laughs> and I was just like, there's a oh, fucking Jesus. girl in our band. Yeah. <laughs> like, if the girl on stage next to me isn't worried, then, I don't think the yeah. girls in the crowd need to be worried. What's yeah, man? What's a what's a thing? What's a thing that you said to somebody that you thought was going to turn into a horrible thing, but didn't? Yeah, didn't backfire on you. Oh man, <laughs> a thing that I said to somebody that I thought was going to turn into yeah, a horrible thing. Yeah, I love this. Guy. Yeah, because I, I feel like guy. I feel like you just said like you'd be a PR nightmare. So I'd like you know because you seem like. Uh, like you seem like a person who doesn't mind speaking your mind, but you also don't seem like a person who wants to like really, you know, make anybody what's mad. But like you just would say what's something. something you said where Chris Hansen, owner of No Sleep Records, who is also mixtapes label, you thought was going to get pissed. Well, I can tell you something that actually did get pissed about and made me take <laughs> and made me take off the internet. Actually, <laughs> okay. Um, Hold on, Chris, made you take it off the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he asked me to, and I obliged. Okay. Chris is a good guy. Don't get um, me wrong. I'm not saying this like shitty. Chris, well, Chris no, no, no. Hansen is a man. fucking He's man. He's a fucking dude, and Chris, like, he, he had every reason to, to make me take this off the internet. Chris um, Chris had a lot of help in making mixtapes, and Chris Hansen is the man. So before the story, I think me and Greg can both say I don't usually like, like defend people on this podcast, but I don't want people to think we have the wrong idea. Chris Hansen is awesome. And yeah, he, he's, he is the homie And he has 100%. the same name as the How to Catch a Predator guy. Oh, yeah. It's off of that. Yeah, no, Chris Chris is the dude. Um, he, uh, like I said, he had every reason to, like, ask me to do, <laughs> to take this off the internet. Because I sometimes forget, like, now, like, I ha I'm, like, partially representing, like, a label, <laughs> too, you know? So it's just, like, I say whatever I want, whatever I want to. And it's not much of a story. It's basically just, like... I predated were on the whole uh, pitchfork our pussies thing and the Ian Cohen being a, a dumbass thing. Um, but it didn't have time to pick up speed because Chris was like, please take that off the internet. <laughs> because, because if you, if they see that they're going to blacklist you, which I don't give a shit if pitchfork ever reviews my shit, but he's like, oh, dude, well, they're just yeah, starting to pitchfork. review shit. Like, from like run for cover and no sleep and shit. And if you piss them off, they might just never do it again. Like, <laughs> And so as somebody who's like a business owner and a generally a really nice, good dude, like I can see why he was like, dude, please don't say that about the biggest publication on the fucking internet. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, Chris is awesome. Um, uh, can I, I will say it though. Pitchfork are a bunch of pussies. Yeah, Pitchfork are a bunch of pieces <laughs> of shit, but whatever. That's fine. I, your story is perfectly legit. Um, can I ask you the hard question since I always ask everybody like the worst question they don't want to answer? Yeah, go for it. Dude. Hey, Chris Hansen. I'm talking to Greg Gordon right now. Who is the worst man on No Sleep Records? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the worst man on No Sleep and Records? And you can't say mixtapes even if you mean it only because it's too easy. You can say yeah, no, that would be way too easy. Um, just because I would be like, oh, I'm clowning the dude whose podcast I'm on. That's not. <laughs> and and mixtapes is cool, so I wouldn't even be. I wouldn't even be on, being honest. <laughs> um, 
that's tough, I only dude. I'm asking well, you this because I know Chris is gonna get super like bummed out by it. Like, <laughs> dude, why the fuck do you have to name bands names? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like the current the current roster. Here, oh, we can look like it up an and name it for you. Yeah, just look it up. Look Let's it up. look it up. All Let's right. go ahead. I go to No Sleep Records. We could do Run for Cover and make Jeff mad. But he <laughs> probably, he's probably mad at me about the Tiger's Jolt thing. What? So I love almost everything that Run for Cover puts out, except that I did listen to that Elvis Presley band, and I thought it really soft. No offense to those guys. They're probably super nice people, but uh, and I've only heard one song. But generally, I like everything well, that Run to for make Cover this puts a, out. So. To make this a fair question after you answer, I will also get the list, and then I will, I will also answer the worst band on NSC Records. And then, okay, that's and then I will explain why they're the worst band on Sleep Records. <laughs> just to make okay, just to fair. make it that fair. Take some heat off of me. Only to make it fair. So we got yeah. okay. Uh, Allison Weiss, okay. Aviator, Balance and Composure, Battle Lines, Broadway Calls, The Casket Lottery, Daisy Head, Departures, Drew Thompson, Drug Church, Early Graves, The Felix Culpa. Gray Gordon, that fucking dick over here. <laughs> in, in between, Lee Corey Oswald, Long Lost, Low Talker, Major League, Maps for Travelers, Moose Blood, No Trigger, Old Lines, Pug, Pug what is that? Pig Destroyer? Did he already which take Pig Destroyer? Yeah, Destroyer? Hold on, hold on. Which is a hilarious, did, did he already uh, take mixtapes off? Uh, it, He's fast. It says, on a, I think it's a on a, you're under alumni. Alumni, okay. Uh, Rescuer, Run Forever, Ryan Russell, Sainthood what? Reps, Seasons Change, Somos, State Faults, and Xerxes. Hold on, I'm confused. I think Gray, you know Ryan as well. Ryan Russell is one of my best friends. Yeah, he, I, uh, he I did a book. He did a book with them. He did. Oh, is that what it is? I was gonna say he did artwork for every mixtapes record, but I didn't know he was on yeah. No Sleep. He did a the book that he did. Is that on No Sleep? Is that what it is? Yep. Okay, yep. F- fair enough. There you go. Shit. Uh, go ahead. And answer. <laughs> well, I think that my actual answer is even worse than like being able to pick a, a least favorite band because I've only listened to like maybe a quarter of the bands on the label. More than me. <laughs> um, like maybe a quarter to a fifth. Because like just not be, not anything personal against those bands. Listen, if, like, if, like you, that, if you that don't want to answer, like, you don't have what I to. Listen to. <laughs> you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I'll still answer. I'll, okay, I'm I'm gonna i I'm I'm thinking, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I know that there's a couple of pop punk bands on the label, but I haven't listened to all of them, but they would probably be my least favorite. Like um, like that Seasons Change band, I've never listened to them, and we've interacted amicably on the internet. I know that they're a pop punk band, so I probably wouldn't like them. <laughs> but I don't, I can't say because I've never heard them. They might be the sickest band I haven't heard. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think just of the bands that like I've listened to, like which one I like the least. But the thing is, all the bands on the label that I listen to, I'm like, oh, that's that's just cool. You know what I mean? I would say, okay, I could say a lot of feud is definitely the corniest. Um, and I actually pissed, well, go, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I actually did piss some people off via this comment because I said, um, I was like tweeted something about like, yo, like I just came up with a drinking game. I'll get you trashed super quick. Um, 
listen to a lot of Feud record, and every time they say lover, dear, or darling, take a shot, you'll be <laughs> drunk in like 30 seconds. Um, and a Great. bunch of people tweeted at me, were like, yeah, you must not have listened to any of their last two records. And I'm like, yeah, you're at it. It's so, I guess whoa, whoa, great, 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 great. Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. Will I soak it into heaven if I kill myself? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like you. We need to hang out. We live three hours away. This is, we need to hang out. Yeah, you should come down here and play a show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. We it's easy to do a one-off to Cincinnati, so I definitely can't. I was going to say, we live very close, and you're hilarious. And you write I good songs. I appreciate that. Um, do you want mine? I'll give you my answer yeah, right please. now without any question. Yeah, go for it. Adventures. Not because of their music. Because Adventures is made up of members of Code Orange Kids. Oh my god, they are, aren't they? And let me tell you. Code Orange Kids played This Is Hardcore in Philadelphia. Mora from Mixtapes went to This Is Hardcore and the bass player of Code Orange Kids said, why the fuck are you here? And she was wearing a Code Orange Kid shirt. He then attempted for 20 minutes to talk to Mora about how she shouldn't wear that shirt, mixtape shouldn't represent them, and basically about how they were too good for that. <laughs> so you know what? <laughs> Publicly, fuck you. <laughs> fuck that. And fuck your band. <laughs> Dude, you're just bringing it to a level. What? You're bringing it to like a level. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's on, you're on some other shit entirely with that. Well, that story has never been told. And Mora, like, told us about it and it bothered me. And maybe she'll be mad that I even told it publicly. But you know what? Like, it's such insane, crazy shit to me that, like, I, no, I just had to. Like, and it has nothing to do with their music, like I said. It's just that story, like, that happened. Like, they played, and he literally told Mora. Like, he basically asked Mora, like, why are you at a hardcore festival? You're in mixtapes. You guys are a pop-punk band. Like, why do you listen to our band? And, like, that's so fucking insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, it like, was weird. I've never really interacted with, with Joe very much. I've interacted with Jamie and Reba, and they've been, like, nothing but awesome and nice, you know, so I can't say anything but nice things about them. Right. And, um, and, I've never really interacted with Joe, so, so yeah, people, so I can't speak to that. But Right, so people know this story has nothing to do with Greg Gordon. He didn't say anything. This is all me and <laughs> Brian Rockwell. Um, this story happened, and it makes me infuriated. So if I'm missing something, please let me know. But it, I, it's coming straight from the source, and it happened in Philadelphia about a year ago. So right. that's my pick, and that's why. And that's yeah, nothing dude. to do with your music, because Adventures yeah, and I've... Code Orange Kids are actually good. Yeah. But you I, know uh... what? Sometimes on podcasts and in, uh, comedic features, people get called out and... There you go. There you go. There's that. That's a funny ju- that's a funny juxtaposition because Adventures is like my favorite band on this league, probably. I'm technically they're not even on the label anymore, I don't think, but they are dope. Yeah. It says they're not on Also the I uh I also take I also like like uh music by terrible people. I mean I love Burzum, so you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm just being funny. No sleep is great. Broadway Call's new album is fantastic. It's their best record. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. I need to. It's very good. Um, I just like giving Chris shit. He knows that I'm just being funny. No Sleep Records is great. It's one of the truest records labels out there now, like still putting out shit, being sincere. Yeah. 
putting out real shit. I mean, he put out the mixtapes records, put out your shit. He put out Broadway calls. He put out the Wonder Years. He put out a million bands. Touche Amore, yeah. a lot of spew into it over it. I mean, yeah, it's not. We just like giving people a hard time, but I mean, yeah, of yeah. course. That, total yeah, respect, total respect that, to No Sleep Records. For sure, man. I wouldn't be able to like do the stuff that I do unless they had like come out and just been like, "Hey, you want to put out your record?" Like to this day, like I'm baffled, like how that really happened. Like I had hit up Chris like in the past and like, "Yo, man, you should put out my records," but it was never like an attempt, like super in earnest, where I was like, "Put out my shit." And like one day, he just like hit me up and was like, "Yo." You wanna you wanna sign in my label? And I'm like, yeah. And to this day, I can't figure out like why he thought that was a good idea. Uh, <laughs> but he, did. he did. So like, much love sure. to him for doing that shit. Yeah, Chris Hansen's a fucking man. So what are you doing he now? Is. Are you going out on tour now? Yeah. What are you doing now? I mean, before you get off here, at least plug something. What do you What do you want to plug? Oh uh, shit. Um, I'm not. I'm not about to tour right now. I just got off tour like months ago, and then. I'm doing some stuff this summer that I can't announce yet because it's not announced. But uh, is it with uh, yeah, I'm gonna, Is it with Blink One Eighty Two? No, I wish I wish that were the case. You that would be cool. I mean, it'd probably be miserable, but it would be cool too. <laughs> so what? Um, um, you have your video just came out then? Maybe that. Would yeah, be the video. The video just dropped. Yeah. Um, so you know, if people if people want to see something kind of current that I did pop over to Noisy and watch that and be either entertained or really mad, which I was hoping to like have like a 50-50 split of like really pissing people <laughs> off with it and like making people laugh. So, um, yeah, that's really, I don't know. I want a tour, but like right now I have a van that's broken uh, and it's, it's a little bit tough to like tour consistently as a solo artist because I think it's hard to sell people on the fact that, like, yo, I should come play your town. Like, I have an acoustic guitar. Because I know when people come at me with an acoustic guitar, I'm like, dude, sit down. I don't want to hear your ass. <laughs> All right. You need to come here. Like, I'm going to book you a show in Cincinnati. It's me and Justin going to hang out with you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's a deal. I'll, I'll, I'll totally of, do one off to Cincinnati. You are one of the few guests on this podcast that me and Justin have never met in real life. And also made me laugh enough. And I just want to hang out with you. Dude, I feel I feel so warm inside to be telling me that, man. I would definitely come. I'll, I'll come take it for sure, man. Book me a show or not, you know. I'll book I'll book myself a show, whatever. I'll come do a one-off in Cincy. I'll drive the Buick rendezvous down there. It's a luxurious vehicle. I got seat warmers, so it ain't no thing to make a three-hour round trip. I put the, got, I got a CD player. You know what I'm saying? It's a nice whip. So you've got my fridge. You've got my couch. You're more than welcome. Um, you could spend that at my house. So. Uh, we might cuddle. I'm into it. We might cuddle. Yeah. Well, I don't know if my girlfriend would be into that, but no, 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 no. Great. Gay's not cheating. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. It's 2014. Cool. 2014. Actually, we're progressive here, right? Don't be a bigot, Gray. Like honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We do appreciate well, it very hopefully much. We'll and, see you uh, soon. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Um, your new video. What's it called? Uh, it is called Barstools and Haircuts is the name of the song. Barstools and Haircuts. It's a really fucking good song. And, uh, it's a, the interview before it's very funny cause it's with someone who is not Gray Gordon. No, that's Gray Gordon. Or on No Sleep Records. <laughs> signed by Chris Hansen. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> and, um, 
yeah, Haircuts and Bar Souls by Greg Gordon. So please check it out. And uh, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, dude. Uh, not not really. Just, uh, you know, rest in peace, Big O. Rest in peace, Guru. <laughs> um, long live the vegan straight edge. And thanks for having me on, for real. It was, it was, a, it was a pleasure getting to kick it over the phone. And uh, for real, I'd love to come down to the Cincy and play a show sometime. So you got my number now. Like, holler at me sometime, and, like, we'll make it happen. Gray, you're welcome. Anytime, I will book you in Cincinnati or get you in a hole with people. And thank you for calling in. And uh, everybody, look up Gray Gordon. Great ex Gordon on Thanks. Twitter. Thanks, Tony. I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again for having me on. I'll, t- I'll text you very soon because I want you to come play here, and I do want to hang out with you. That's not a joke. All right, dope. We'll make it happen. Talk All to right. you soon. See you. All right. All right, man. Peace. See you, brother. We talked to him way longer than I thought. Uh, I know. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah, he's a cool guy. That was like one of. It's my, always nice to like. That was like one of my top three favorite guests we've ever had. Yeah, it's always nice to. Uh, Talk to somebody that um, you don't know, but you know their music, and then find out they're really cool like that. I always have to record the ending of this. That's not Greg Gordon. Huh? What? It's Ramallah. Oh, I know. No, I wasn't doing that. I was going to post this video to the blog. I was going to say. Yeah, no. I'll talk about Ramallah first. Yeah. Before we post that. No, he was awesome. Yeah. What a cool dude. So that was this week's uh, Big Snackers. Um, oh, was it Justin? Yeah, I don't really know. I'm Sasper. No, you're not. I'm Sasper. No, you're not. Oh, I'm Sasper. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that video not on YouTube? What? For that song? I would imagine it is. So all I see is right? just, uh, just a acoustic version of it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Maybe it's a no sleep exclusive because Chris is an asshole. That's probably true. Say it. Say Chris is an asshole. Why do I have to say it? He is say, an asshole. I, I don't know him, but I'm sure he say is. Say Chris has an asshole. Chris has an asshole. I mean, I know that. And much. I want to get. And I want to get. And. In. It. It. Chris, you could have just said it all at once. Chris like, Hansen. Chris Hansen. No sleep records. No sleep records. Not the guy from How to Catch a Predator. Well, no, but also the guy from How to Catch One day our podcast is going to be sued. Yeah, most likely. So bad. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is episode 52. So you can go back and listen to one a week and you'll have a whole year of episodes to listen to. This is episode 52 and this song is called Kill a Celebrity by Ramallah. Yeah. Who... Fry Guy said, people who are mixtape fans... Fry Guy said? No, like I said. Oh. Like ISIS. Like ISIS. Like I said. Yeah. Um, For people that don't get why mixtapes and me wasn't all about the whole pop punk pizza tumbler thing, um, this is where I grew up. These are my friends. The guitar player of this band printed all of mixtapes merchandise. Still one of my best friends. And this song is called Kill a Celebrity. Please listen to the whole thing by Ramallah, mm. or Ramallah, whatever you want to call him. Here is Kill a Celebrity. We'll see you next week. We will see you in seven days. Like yeah, that's next Seven week. days. Okay. Seven right. days. See you, everybody. Justin, seven Yeah, great. I'm going to detonate a car bomb. I'm going to be
your precious MTV Put some sarin gas in the central AC at the VMAs And watch those beautiful faces turn ashen gray Oh, my God.